John B. McClendon pioneered it, Rick Patino mastered it, and Bob Huggins made it an identity. I'm Justice Rhodey, and love it or hate it, this is the Full Court Press. Okay, welcome back into the Full Court Press. Um, something a little bit different, continuing the conference mini-series, the preview series, but a little bit of a different twist that I'm going to take on to this one, right? So we're already in the conference play. We're already deep into the season, so I wanted to take a little bit of a different angle and get you guys really prepared, get you at home prepared for the excitement that we're going to see come tournament time. So here's the big thing, right? There's been a lot of surprises. Like, I didn't get to get my official power rankings out. I would have had FAU top in the charts. Well, right now, FAU is tied at the top with Charlotte, and one game behind them with the same amount of losses is South Florida. So a lot of the favorites, like Memphis has had a really tough schedule, and they have taken some big hits in conference play. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this one shakes out as we get further into the season. Remember, it is late January, so a little bit of context is needed here. We'll dive uh, first into Florida Atlantic. They have had a really impressive resume up to the point that we are at currently on January 30th. Once this page loads, yes, 17-4 and four on the year, 7-1 and one in the American Athletic. Dusty May is going to be a candidate for a lot of high major head coaching jobs coming into next season. This guy is an electric coach. The X's and O's stuff jumps off of the charts. This guy knows what he's doing on a basketball court, which you would expect from a, a top-ranked team. Their best win all year, their best performance all year is coming against that Virginia Tech team, a very tough Virginia Tech team. Only lost to Duke last night by 10, but that Virginia Tech team, they handled by 34 points. Their losses on the year, a bad quad three loss at home against Bryant, really set them back. They were 22-point favorites in that game. Uh, a home, a neutral site loss, basically a home loss against Illinois, a quad 1A loss. They were favored by three, but Illinois beats them 98-89. to 89. Uh, An away loss, a quad four loss to Florida Gulf Coast, absolutely devastating for any sort of tournament resume that Florida Atlantic is trying to build. And their final loss is a conference loss to Charlotte on the road, a quad two loss. But Charlotte really making a really good case for themselves to maybe be an automatic qualifier for the NCAA tournament. And what a story that would be for the 49ers. But other than that, a, a, a really concerning overtime win. They had to pull one out against UTSA on the road, a quad four loss that would have been. But it's been a lot of close games. Obviously, you know, their best game all year has been the 96-95 double overtime win over Arizona at a neutral site. That's a big-time win for a Florida Atlantic program that boasts a lot of big-time players. John L. Davis is obviously the story from last year, but Vladislav Golden returns. He's been a big part. Elijah Martin's been good. Brandon Weatherspoon's been good. Nick Boyd, Jalen Gaffney. These are all guys that are giving Florida Atlantic real minutes and guys that are providing a spark offensively. I mean, John L. Davis is shooting 48% from three. That is absolutely nuclear with an 85% from the free-throw line clip to match that. He has been devastating and effective in any sort of offensive presence that he has posed. And Jalen Gaffney's their other really effective shooter, shooting 42% from three. The 6'3 senior has provided a lot as a major guard factor in this offense. And so the Owls look really primed to clinch a big-time tournament spot. If we look at the team cast right now, they are projected to be on the eight line. So in that Oklahoma, Utah, and Utah State range, they'd probably be playing a nine seed, which right now 
you know, it's it's pretty much anybody's game. It's it's really interesting to see how this one shakes out. Assuming they win out, they do have a, qu a couple quad one opportunities still on the table due to the Owls. But uh, they have a chance to really close this one out and, and make a, a lot of good things happen. The Owls have set them up, themselves up in a really, really nice position. Um, the second team I want to talk about is Charlotte, who is currently tied for the lead in the American Athletic. Not the greatest non-con out of Charlotte. 13-7 overall, but they have really with head coach Aaron Feard, have stepped their game up in conference play, won a lot of big-time conference games. They're non-con. They lost on a neutral to Liberty. That's a quad three loss. UCF in a neutral site and an overtime loss is not a bad loss at all. They did lose to David, you know, showing signs of life. They've been looking like a, a solid team again. Um, the Duke loss on the road. Good teams. They lost to Stetson. That's a bad loss on the, on the road, especially at Stetson. And then on the road, a quad 1A at SMU, who... You know, the metrics really love. The, the rankings don't really love as much, but still a couple quad one opportunities on the table. Most notably, they go on the road to Memphis on February 21st. Igor Milicic has been a big-time player for them. So has Lucy Patterson and Nick Graves. Deshaun Jackson's been nice for them. So they got guys don't really shoot the ball a ton. They don't, they don't really shoot the ball at a high clip. But, yeah, just 276 in the country, 31% from three. But they really they make their mark guarding the three-point line. 30.6% is allowed. They are 37th in the country. They shoot the free throw line well. They're able to block a ton of shots, so they are active. They, they don't turn the ball over a lot, and they, you know, they, they hold opponents to a low shooting clip. So that's always going to play come tournament time. They're setting themselves up nice. You know, they could potentially be an auto-bid thief and force, you know, Florida Atlantic to play the resume game, and they would have to split hairs against some major Power 5 programs. So Aaron Fearn and the Charlotte 49ers have really set themselves up to be in a great position come tournament time. The next team, there's a ton of teams in this American Conference. So South Florida's next, 6-1. and one. They're a very, very dynamic team, right? So in that Florida market, right, Miami gets a lot of credit. Florida State gets a lot of credit. Florida, with Todd Golden, is really building something. And then you got, a, you know, another team in there. UCF's been building a lot. But who's kind of been flying under the radar is this South Florida team. 13-5, and 6-1. Amir Abdul-Rahim has built a nice program in the Bulls. Um, a couple of, you know, they lost to Central Michigan. That's not a good loss. And, you know, a couple quad four losses at home to Maine. And then, you know, losing away at Hofstra, away at a pretty decent UMass team. But then after that, they're able to rattle off six straight wins before, you know, the loss away at UAB. And then they rattled off five straight since then. So this has been a team that has been picking things up down the stretch. Chris Youngblood's a big-time player for them. Selton Miguel, Kayshawn Pryor. They got some guys that could really fill up the scoring sheet, especially Selton Miguel, who's been shooting 42.7% from three on the year. So they have guys that are able to stretch it out. They do like to play a pretty deep rotation from what I'm seeing. This is, you know, from watching a little bit of this South Florida Bulls team and from seeing, looking at the, the roster on uh, Bart Torvik and Kempom, you know, they'll go about eight or nine deep and of guys that they trust to play real good minutes for them. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They are very good at keeping people away from the free, the free throw line, and they don't turn the ball over, and they force a lot of turnovers. That's always going to play come tournament time. If they're able to pick it up, they could also be a potential auto-bid thief. The resume with two quad four losses is not strong enough to get them into the tournament, but they could certainly make something happen in the conference tournament to try to become an auto-bid thief. The next team on the list, um, UAB, the Blazers, have had a nice, nice year that they have been putting together. Again, 13-7, and 5-2 and two in the conference, so... Andy Kennedy has really put together something here with this UAB Blazers program. 
Again, they, re they, they are 22nd in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. Free throw rate, they shoot the 17th most in the country. This is a team that makes their, their mark on physicality and getting to the free throw line. That is what they are big at. Big time thing for these UAB Blazers. They lost at home to Bradley, who has turned into one of the better teams in the, in the Missouri Valley Conference. That was an overtime loss. They lost in a neutral to Clemson, a loss at home to McNeese State, who's been a good team. The, the Southern Miss loss looks really bad, as does the Arkansas State loss. But a loss to Florida Atlantic, a loss to Charlotte in conference. They don't have really outside of that Southern Miss loss, they don't have a really bad loss. They don't shoot the ball at a high clip, but Yaxel Lindenborg and JV and Davis have been really, really big-time players for them that have really helped their program out. And again, another team that'll go eight or nine deep into the rotation. This is another team with Andy Kennedy that they, they make their brand on physicality and they're able to get deep into your rotations. They're able to get you into foul trouble and make you have to play extra guys who aren't ready for minutes. And that's part of their strategy and that's why they've been so effective. Maybe a bit theme. Again, another one of these teams, the resume is not strong enough to make a March Madness just based on resume, but could be another bid thief. The American's going to have a couple that really look like that. Okay, now looking at the next team in the standings. North Texas, this was a team I kind of had earmarked. You know, they lost Tyler Perry in the offseason to Kansas State. He's been having a really nice year for the Wildcats as they look to potentially make a March Madness once again after their Elite Eight run last year. But... This, this North Texas team is a really interesting team to me. 12-7 on the year, 5-2 and two in conference play. Ross Hodge has always been a good coach. He's been a buzz name that's been around. And this is a team, they don't have a ton of bad losses. The worst loss is a quad three loss to Fordham in a neutral. Not great, but they've also lost to Mississippi State. They lost on the road at Boise State. A neutral site loss by one to St. John's. A neutral site loss to four to LSU. And then they have a couple... You know, the usual suspects, Charlotte and Florida Atlantic, have taken a couple off of them. But the team's projected to finish 20 and 10. 20 win North Texas team certainly has to bring up some conversations. Jason Edwards has been a nice player for them. John Bugs III has been really good. Aaron Scott, Ruben Jones, Robert Allen. They have guys, Rondell Walker was a big player, former Oklahoma State and TCU player, respectively. He's been, they've been both doing a lot. And they're willing to go deep into the rotation. Again, another team, theme with these American athletic conference teams but John Bugs the third shooting 45.5% from three Aaron Scott shooting 40.7 so they have a couple of guys that are able to stretch the floor and play to their strengths and Aaron Scott being that stretch three stretch four at six seven has really given them an element of versatility and you know they don't really have the bad loss you know the quad three loss to Fordham it's going to pick up because Fordham's been playing in a pretty mixed bag of an Atlantic 10 conference this is not a bad schedule at all they rebound the ball really well. They hold teams to a low shooting percentage. They turn teams over. They're, really, they're a very, very solid defensive team. This is a team that, if they're able to build the resume, 0-4 in quad one, 1-2 and in quad two, have to start building some serious wins. And there are opportunities still on the table to get quad one wins, most notably Florida Atlantic in their dome. They also get SMU on the road if they're able to somehow steal that one. So there are resume builders on the floor, and they could potentially be another tournament bit deep. Like, this is the big thing about... A lot of these mid-major conferences and the American Athletic who's trying to make themselves one of these power six, power seven conferences is they have a deep array of teams that can come in and cause havoc during conference play and non-conference play and try to build resume winners. I mean, it is an all-out war of attrition right now in a lot of these mid-major conferences trying to find some sort of established pecking order going into March. Okay, the next team is Memphis. Memphis 
mixed bag. Okay, so you bring in... You were thought you were bringing in Mikey Williams. Mikey Williams decommits. He ends up leaving. He's going somewhere else. I believe it was UCF he was headed to. Going to have to double check on that. The big thing is, at the midseason mark, you bring in Naquan Tomlin, who has been great for you. Javon Quinterly, great transfer portal addition. David Jones, he's been far and away your best player. He's been one of the best players in college basketball. Really, really good for them. Um, Memphis has some okay losses. Two, two and two in quad one, four and two in quad two. Their one quad three loss is a stinker, though. Their, their, their quad three losses, yeah. Yeah, South Florida by one at home. And I know we've talked about South Florida already and being a decent team, but this, that is not it. If you're Memphis, you've got to close games out. And it does not help when in that game you shoot 6 for 28 from 3 and they shoot 33% from 3. They go 10 for 30. They had a bad game against Villanova. It's, it was firing away their worst, year, worst of the year, according to the metrics. Um, you know, they lost by 16 in a neutral to Villanova. Who is a good team who will make the tournament? It's still a bad, bad loss to lose in the fashion that they did. They have players. David Jones is a dog. A dude who was at DePaul, then at St. John's, now transfers out of the Big East, kind of gets into that American area. He has been dominant. Uh, Javon Quinterly has been the prototypical setup guy for them. And shooting 37% from three. If you get that out of Javon Quinterly, you have to be happy. Uh, Nick Jordan, he's been solid. Shooting 50% from three, you will take that any day of the week. Naquan Tomlin has been an immediate impact in that kind of midseason, you know, area you know, that, you know, that midseason transfer really, really helped them. He's been good in the minutes that he's gotten. And these are guys that, you know, are really trying to help them. A lot of quad one opportunities still on the table. North Texas away, SMU away. You know, they have a home game against Florida Atlantic and then an, an, another away game at Florida Atlantic. So the resume building opportunities are still there. This could be an at-large team. The schedule sets up to be that way. Penny Hardaway just has to get these boys rolling and get them potentially into a great position to make it into March again, either as a late seed or as a bid thief in the conference tournament. Again, bid thief has been the theme of this American Athletic Conference. It is a, it is a major overarching thing. Okay, the next team is SMU. The metrics love SMU. I'm going to be dead honest. The metrics love them some SMU. That is their, you know, team right now. Um, 13 and 7. Ugh. Record doesn't look the prettiest. 4 and 3 in the conference. Mm, doesn't look the prettiest. 0 oh and 4 in quad 1. 1 and 2 in quad 2. 4 and 1 in quad 3 with a ugh, kind of a stinker loss. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a stinker loss. Wichita State on the road. Wichita State team with that under Paul Mills is still trying to figure it out. Not a great loss for uh, SMU. Rob Lanier, the metrics of love Rob Lanier. His SMU teams are going to play defense. That's what they do. They're second in the country in effective field goal percentage allowed. They play defense. They, they allow the second worst three-point shooting percentage on the floor. The teams shoot 27% against that. They guard the perimeter well. And if there's one thing the metrics love, it's teams that play defense. And this team plays defense. That's what they do. Um, a lot of quad one opportunities still on the table. They get Florida Atlantic. Um, they get North Texas, which might turn into a quad one win. They, uh, they also host Memphis, which also might turn into a quad one win. The big one is you have to beat Florida Atlantic on the road. 
Oh, but they have some nice players. They have Chuck Harris. They have Keon Ambrose Hilton. They have Zurich Phillips. They have Zurich Phelps. They have Tyreek Smith. They have Samuel Williamson, who was big at Louisville, and he's just kind of fallen off a cliff. But, you know, they have guys. They have names. They, they could be a bid thief. The resume opportunities, you have to win the games that are in front of you. And they have right now apparently a 43% chance to make the tournament. The metrics love them. According to the metrics, they're a top 25 team, but that's because they play defense better than a lot of the teams in their conference. This team, if they can score the ball just a little bit better, could really, really cause some damage down the stretch in conference play. That's really where SMU falls. It's can the shots start falling for these Mustangs. Okay. Next team's East Carolina. They lost Javon Small. That was huge. Losing Javon Small to Oklahoma State, you can't have that. Um, Mike Schwartz, 4-4 four and four in the conference, 11-10. You know, he's made East Carolina kind of what they are. 8-3 and three in quad four, though. Lost to USC Upstate, who's 292nd. They lost to Northeastern. Both of those at home, by the way. Um, they lost at home to East Tennessee State by 16. Bad, bad losses on the table for this East Carolina. You know, R.J. Felton's a dude. You know, he's got an extra year of eligibility. A program could be in need of his services. But, you know, Ezra Saar, Brandon Johnson, Bobby Pettiford Jr., like outside of that, it is, ugh. it's not, it's not amazing. Like, they're going to have a very, very slim outside shot. Could cause some damage down the stretch. Could really be a spoiler for some teams. But 0-2 and, and quad 1, 0-5 and, and quad 2, and you have three quad 4 losses. That is not going to get you anywhere near the tournament. Not at all. But nonetheless, so far, a solid start. Anything above 500 is a solid start. Uh, Tulane and Rod Hunter, they just picked up a big one the other day. Yeah, Ron Hunter, um, they beat Memphis at home. That was big. You needed that one. Um, six and one in quad four with a away loss to UTSA, who is far and away the worst team in the conference. Is not going to help you at all. Not, not at all going to help you. Um, they beat most of the team. Again, they play Bradley. They play Mississippi State. George Mason, who's been a nice team. And then everything else is, like, not bad losses. But that UTSA loss is a stinker. And they're not going to have a lot of opportunities to win a lot of games. You know, they'll finish above 500. Kevin Cross, who has been amazing for them, has been their best player. Sion James has been really good. Colby King and Colin Holloway have been good for them. You got to defend. They can't defend right now. I watched, I watched the game. I rewatched the game against Memphis the other day, and it was a lot of the shots they gave up were not good. It was, it was David Jones pretty much getting whatever he wanted. I get it. He was one of the best players in the conference, but yeah, can't give that up. Can't at all. Tournament chances slowly sinking for the green wave. Um, Tulsa, where do I start with this program? Um, right in my backyard. Eric Conkle, that gumming he's trying. He's trying with his team because P.J. Haggerty is about all they got. P.J. Haggerty and Keiston Wills, that, yep, yeah, that's all they got. Uh, because a lot of their talent, you know, they had guys graduate, they had guys go away. Anthony Pritchard transfers to Central Michigan. He was your bright spot. P.J. Haggerty is a true freshman, and he's, he's the one who's been your best player. And Chiston Willis is kind of bringing up the rear, and that's really it. I mean, it is bleak times for the Golden Hurricane. They might, they, you know, they're projected to finish above 500, below 500 in the conference, though. And with a bad quad four loss to Arkansas Little Rock in overtime on the road, 
And with a quad three loss to Oral Roberts on the road, that is not going to help you at all. Not going to help you at all. I'm, you know, I, I hope Eric Conkle figures it out, but uh, this Tulsa team is not it. Not it at all. Oh, UTSA. God bless them. They're the worst team in the conference, but they got two conference wins. Steve Henson, you know, they're 8-13. and 13, Weren't projected to be very good this year. They have like four quad four losses. They're all bad. It's away at Texas State. Ugh. Home at Jacksonville State's a bad loss. Away at Arkansas Little Rock. You lose at home to Army West Point by 10. Uh, you know, but you beat Tulane and you beat Rice. Jordan Ivy Curry and Christian Tucker, you know, they might look for greener pastures in the offseason. Carlton Lingua Jr., he's trying his dadgum best in his final year. Um, it, this team's not talented enough. But, you know, they sniped a couple sniped a couple in conference wins sometimes, so they need Steve Henson trying to build that program up. Oh, Wichita State. Oof. Ooh, Paul Mills. Is anyone home? Hello. Um, okay, it doesn't help that Bijan Cortez, the transfer from Oklahoma, had to sit out half the year because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go to class. That doesn't help. That doesn't help when the guy that you expect to come in and be your starting point guard won't go to freaking class. And when he has played, he's been the worst player on the roster. That ain't going to help you. You know, Harlan Beverly's trying. He was, he was a former big-time guy. Um, Kenny Poto, he was big at Sunrise. He's trying to help. Colby Rogers, Quincy Ballard, like they don't have a superstar on the roster. A couple bad quad four losses. Those aren't going to help you. Lose to Temple. That's not great. They lost their best player to Arkansas, who's also not been great. And then you lose at home to East Carolina by two. Ugh. Did, be, did beat SMU at home, though. Did beat SMU at home. You can always take solace in that. But, uh, you know, Paul Mills, they're going to probably finish below 500, but that gummity's trying. It's a, it's a rebuild, and it's a rebuild for a reason. And uh, more power to him. Hope he succeeds because it's going to be a long – it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a climb. Um, Rice, they're one and six in the conference. This team stinks. What else do I say? Scott Perra, God bless it. You inherited one of the worst jobs in college basketball. Um, this team has three quad four losses. Uh, you lost at home to Harvard. No idea how Harvard's a quad four loss. Harvard ain't that bad of a team. Malik Mack's a dog. He's going to transfer after this year, probably. Um, what else is on here? Oh, UTSA, that's an awful loss. Ooh, lose at home to Tulsa by two. Yeah, that's uh, ooh, not a lot of not a lot of great 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 wins happening here. No quad two, three, or four wins. So seven thirteen. Ugh. Uh, Got to figure it out, Rice. Got to figure it out. And one of their wins was against a team that's a Division three team. So that always helps. Got a stat pad somehow. Uh, this team's not probably going to win a lot more games. This team stings. Maddox Feidler having a nice year, the 6'11 senior, shooting 0% from three. But, you know, they got guys. You know, Aleem Husainovich is shooting 41% from three. A lot of senior-laden team, but they won't figure it out in time. It's, it's going to be rough. I don't know if they'll win a game in the conference tournament. And then uh, Temple. Oh, man. You lose Khalif Battle, and that thing just fell off the rails. Uh, Adam Fisher's trying to come in. <laughs> Five and four in quad four. Ooh, ooh, oh, my Lord. 
Where do I start? Home loss to Columbia. Ugh. Only lost by one to Ole Miss, though. That would have been an awful loss for Ole Miss. Um, yeah, Lee G. Ooh, neutral site loss to Old Dominion by 15. That's a backbreaker. Um, East Carolina. Ooh, at home. Ooh. Rice at home by three. Ooh. Bad, 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 bad losses on this, on this resume here. Um, Hysir Miller's trying. Matteo Piccarelli, trying. George Riley, trying. <laughs> they lost their best player to Arkansas. Arkansas is going to miss the tournament. So not a lot they can do. Not a lot of hope there. But, um, yeah, listen, at the top, there's about, you know, listen, FAU might run away with it. Charlotte's a good team. South Florida's a good team. UAB is a pretty good team. North Texas is a good team. Memphis is a good team. SMU is a good team. So that's take out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six auto bids and probably FAU is going to auto qual. Um, you know, there could be bid thieves in here. You know, Net loves SMU for some. I don't know why the metrics love SMU. They're, they're an okay team. But, you know, there, there's a lot to watch this conference for. So, so be excited down the stretch. Um, mascot of the conference. Niners, Bulls, Blazers. Uh, mean Green, that's a pretty good one. Uh, Tigers, Mustangs, Pirates. Uh, Wichita State wins. Uh, the Shockers. Uh, so they win something today. Congratulations, Wichita State and Paul Mills. You uh, win by virtue of having a literal stock of wheat as your mascot. That's, that's how you shock everybody. You show up with a big, scary stock of wheat, and you beat people. And, and that's it. That, is, that has been the American Conference preview from the full court press uh as always hope you enjoy next up we'll have the atlantic 10 i will deep dive into why that conference is glorious and why it, it stinks tremendously it stinks tremendously hint because uh i picked duquesne to win the conference and they're not doing too great right now so tune into that again reach out to me on social media at jj underscore roadie on instagram and snapchat and at justice underscore roadie on twitter i think it's underscore it might just be justice roadie you can find me on twitter um, but that's it. That is it from me. And we will see you on, on, on the next episode of the Full Court Press. Peace.